This is Spike. And this is Elkis. And welcome to another episode of Vocally Fried, a podcast about what's in, what's out, and what it's all about. And today we are talking about the show everyone wants to talk about, everyone's watching. It's the biggest show in the world. It is the reboot of Sex in the City. And is it good? I don't know. But is it topical? Yes. And we have on pod none other but Sex in the City expert, fanatic, also pod favorite. Welcome to Vocally Fried, Caitlin Moore. Thank you so much for that glorious introduction and for having me. I could not be more excited to discuss America's favorite TV show. Welcome back, Caitlin. Welcome back. I've been thinking about you guys a lot in the past few weeks, largely because of And Just Like That. I like, I'm just, I because I've been knowing the moment was going to come when we were going to talk about it. And it's been hard to keep track of everything I I want to say. I remember what we talked about last time is you were like, if we were told that um, succession was put on hold and we didn't get to know what would happen, which we we now do. So uh, I guess we Mm -hmm. didn't do a succession podcast, but... I thought about it a lot. Um, but you were like, you know, that'd be a bummer. But if and just like that got canceled, it would really be like earth shaking because, you know, we just we just never know what's going to happen. And now that we know it's it's just so exciting. It's so beautiful. In a way, like I feel like with a show like Succession, ultimately, like maybe we didn't know specifically how it was going to end, but we knew someone was going to run the company. And we knew Logan was going to (laughs) die. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what's at stake in Anne just like that. I frankly could I have not a clue. (laughs) Does it just keep going until one of them dies in like 30 (gasps) years? Honestly, they're all dropping like flies. So sad. I couldn't even tell you like what... like Carrie is the main character. I do, I don't really know what her motives are. You know, I don't think she has any at this point. <laughs> no, I mean that's the thing. She's in like a second act, or I guess in her. I, I don't know. And you're. I think I'm going to call it a second act. She's in a second act, but she has not decided what the point of it is. I don't know. It's just like living without <laughs> a husband. So I guess like by any metric, she's doing a good job because she's she's still around and kicking and, you know, wearing funny outfits. But like where it, does she want to get married again? Does the show imagine that she'll get married again? Or is it like she has to find a new form of media to conquer now that the pod is defunct? Yeah, I feel like this season it's about her being like independently wealthy now that she has all of Big's money. And so it's right. just like... 
it used to be love and now money is the theme. Yeah, wealth. So I know that we have a lot to talk about today, but if anyone (laughs) hasn't listened to Caitlin's previous episode, go listen now to... Pause the pod. (laughs) Pause now. Your homework is to listen to the Italian Rachel Dolezal episode. (laughs) How could I forget that iconic title? (laughs) (laughs) You're not really going to get me in this episode. (laughs) Don't listen to that one. Trust me. We already know about the vocal fry. We already know everything we need to know. The only thing I want to hear now is... Where the hell is Carrie Bradshaw? What's she doing? <laughs> Do we want to talk about the SAG-WAG strike at all before getting <laughs> oh into it? With our insider Hollywood writer. The SAG-WAG oh, yeah. Our strike. Hollywood elite insider. <laughs> you are part of the I, Hollywood elite. I, number one, support the strike. Obviously, I am not in either guild at this moment, but uh, fully support. Don't scab. However, I will say that um, though neither strike has yet achieved its goal, um, I will say it has achieved the goal of making me feel more like an outsider than ever before. Yeah, I feel like I just assumed that everyone got to be in the union. But the more people we talk to, the more I realize a lot of people don't get included. It's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, that's like the it's like ultimately, I think like both strikes succeeding will help to change the whole landscape of the industry and make Mm -hmm. everything more equitable. And I think the position I was in when the strike started, I had like just written an episode on the show I was working on. I was kind of feeling like I was poised to maybe make the jump to staff writer finally on that show or on another show whatever and then the strike happens and it's like well fuck you know like and I think this will all help but I do think Mm -hmm. it like points to this weird thing where like so many friends I have are in similar positions where like we were support staff and Mm -hmm. now like we can't work because you know we can't work unless writers are working and also Mm -hmm. we wouldn't want to um, because we're upset about the same things Mm -hmm. but then also like it's just like I don't know like there's like a very like I don't have like a WGA card I can go to to get like free fuck, oh. like a bag of air one or something you know or, do like, they have it's a that weird, like i don't know if air i actually don't think air one has said anything about the strike funny sponsoring the strike yes i think air one does <laughs> everyone seem very... gets a Haley bieber smoothie <laughs> <laughs> i think honestly now that sag is involved air one probably would come out as like pro strike oh, but i think yeah. when it was just the writers they'd be 100. like fuck you yeah fuck you dirty worms <laughs> i'm kind of excited yeah like i feel like the thing about the writer's strike is like it wasn't that shocking to anyone sadly but then it's like when you see these like a-list celebrities like i saw this thing where like they're all like dressing down in like their most normal person clothes yeah. and they're like yeah I'm, they're like, baseball cast yeah <laughs> they're like wow it's so and it's like those i mean i feel like part of the problem is those people are so overpaid too yeah it's like the people who you who get photographed uh, like in and then shared on the picket line are of course the people who are making the most money which no shade i mean it's great that they're out there showing their support but i have i got i have to say i've gotten a little bit um i don't want to say sick of because that makes it sound like i don't think it's a good thing but i just have been had having to scroll through an awful lot of carousels of people's like striking is hot this summer Mm. posts and it's it's just funny because it's like no one in the amtp is taking this in yeah (laughs) the you know the long acronym none of the like Bob Iger isn't scrolling 
scrolling his Instagram explore He's page. Like, wait, it's hot these, strike like, summer? You know, <laughs> 20-somethings and their fucking carousels of them and their friends and their strike captain hats. But, you know, go on. Get down. Have you gone to any of the strikes? Yes. I, I have to say... It's not fun to me the way I feel like it's being pitched as fun. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's like, it's not supposed to be fun. But I do feel like there was this myth uh, put forth. I think there's like, you know, there's like people who like love pep rallies in mm. high school. And I think get a lot from that kind of, not you know, I. I'm not. I'm a, I'm a certified hater. <laughs> yeah. So it's skipping the pep rally it's, it's all the way. <laughs> it's a tough sell. Like pacing with a bunch of uh, your professional peers. But it's necessary. I get it. You're like, I'm kind of an outsider. <laughs> like, I'm kind of different how, than other writers. <laughs> how can I like sit in the back of the bleachers at the strike right now? <laughs> I'm weird, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Just like vaping in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bring like a mid-sized rodent with me. Oh my god, please. You with a ferret sitting. I'm imagine you're like sitting on the curb, just like kind of like rolling your eyes and vaping. But you're like, I guess yeah. you have to be here. In all black. All right. So Caitlin, since you've been out of your no, you know, you've been out of work, maybe. What have you been up to? Just watching and just like that or doing other things? Oh, yeah. I mean, m- watching and just like that is like number one on my priority <laughs> list every week. It's a full time job. That's tough because we only get, yeah, and we only get one new episode and it comes <laughs> out Thursdays. So honestly, kind of embarrassingly, I've become like really, really absorbed in um, this season of Love Island UK. Same. Oh, that's good to hear. Oh, my God. Of course, the new episodes air there at 1 p.m. here in L.A. So Mm. at like 1 p.m. every day, I go on Twitter and search the Love Island hashtag and then just refresh, 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 refresh. So it's like I watch the episodes (laughs) twice. First, I watch people react to the episodes and then I watch it like at one in the morning before I go to sleep for real. That sounds like a great life. (laughs) It is. No spoilers, but what are your like overarching thoughts of the season? I feel pretty strongly that, that we're watching one of those seasons where like Whitney and Lockin are going to like kind of dark horse it and win the whole thing, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think that. So it's not even a full yeah. dark horse, but like I love them together. They're so cute. And Whitney also has like, I think, established herself as the most likable girl in the villa. Yeah, right? she has star quality for sure. Yeah. She's funny, she's cute, she's beautiful, and she feels like, um, she feels very like, if I were there, I think I would be thinking and saying the things that she were saying, mm-hmm. although probably I would be like a fucking mess if I were there, but it's the yeah, closest thing Yeah, she's like more normal than mm-hmm. some of the other Love Islanders. Yeah, I, uh, I am rooting for Ty and Ella, even though I understand that this is not going to... I know, That is crazy, Kaylin. I'm sorry. I just... I don't know what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) I just think there's something kind of sweet about, like... um, Toxicity? Yeah, yeah. One about the (laughs) idea that, like, two people who have like like it's so clear that like they both are the product of such toxic scenes where like Mm -hmm. ella is like you can't trust anything a guy says or does like and ty is like you 
have to have, like you can't ever be dependent on one person for your emotional satisfaction. So you have to constantly be talking to like four to five people. And that's, they're so incompatible, but also it's like, it is sort of sweet to watch them try and like each in their own way, get over that to win 50,000 pounds. That's beautiful. (laughs) Basically, Elkis, they're like this couple where Ty is like a fuckboy and he's always like, I miss the game. I miss talking to more girls. Hey, don't we all? Get the player back in the game. He's never had a girlfriend and he's had sex with like over a hundred women. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then Ella just like puts up with it. But at first I was like, oh, poor Ella. And now I'm just like, girl, this is on you. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it's like I need at least two couples in the top four that I'm like kind of rooting for. Mm -hmm. And the other quote unquote couples in this villa, I mean, Sammy and Jess make me sick. Not Jess. I love Jess. But Sammy to me is like, horrible at least ty i think has like in some ways good intentions deep down and i think sammy's like a shit guy (laughs) yeah i i'm not fans of either either one of them i do feel let me know if you notice this but i feel like in the last few episodes jess has started like darkening her eyebrows in such a crazy way (laughs) that like (laughs) distracting she must be bored they're getting to that point in the season she's like i need a change (laughs) yeah like you can't get a haircut honestly spike that kind of reminds me of you stop (laughs) okay i had this like really embarrassing phase in college where i would like way overdo my eyebrows like it was actually so (laughs) bad but people the reason why i kept doing it is because people would compliment me on it all the time so i was like i guess this is working (laughs) but now i look at pictures and i look so crazy like really crazy it was no it was on Honestly, 2016. It was, it was like Delavine. Kylie Lipkit vibes. Yeah, I feel like. yeah, yeah. Like big statement brows. I mean, we all had. I I like convinced myself that it was like a really good look for me to just line my bottom. Mm lid you know like that it looked very like dramatic and, <laughs> sure uh, it exotic yeah. <laughs> i don't think so. i think it like actually just kind of gave me like a runaway teen look yeah. all the time especially because i have kind of a baby face you do Elkis, I feel like in that time you were very twee. Like, I was extremely uh, Deschanel, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> that to me suggests like lots of mascara. It was more knit tights, colorful knit tights, Oxford shoes, floral dresses, and then baggy cardigans. And I was so oh, wow. close to just picking up a fucking ukulele and singing my heart out. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. So I was still kind of stuck in the twee phase. <laughs> All right. Well, so we've covered everything we need to cover. Love Island style. <laughs> All things that make up the cultural zeitgeist. And you know what <laughs> really does? <laughs> sex in the city like I feel like that do you feel like either of you ever had style inspo from sex in the city absolutely did you ever wear a tutu yes I did in fact I have a picture of me in literally in 2011 I bought this like huge H&M tutu that I like specifically let me see if I can find a photo it'd be good for the episode post um yeah but I was very into like the kind of Carrie Bradshaw like high low mixing like 
fancy high femme than with like cheap jewelry or something. And of Mm -hmm. course I didn't pull it off. I think like, I think what Carrie Bradshaw taught me personally about style is that if you wear something with authority, it's fashion, totally. you know, <laughs> most of her looks from certain seasons don't make any fucking sense, but she wears them with such authority mm-hmm. that it's like, no, 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 no. I get it. You know? Yeah. To have conviction in your, I think my all time yeah. favorite is when she like wore a belt, uh, like around her bare tiny waist, her bare belly, <laughs> but yeah. she's so tiny and like, yeah, ripped, iconic. but it's just like one green belt around your waist. I don't know what that would look like on me. It sounds that confusing. Is, <laughs> that is something that I do miss about the original show. I feel like they were like so willing to show off that Carrie was shredded like cheese. Yeah. And now like, I don't know. I just feel like every time they show her, she's wearing like, the drapiest dress in the world <laughs> like we're only seeing her hands and her gorgeous face of course they, yeah yeah she has aged like fine wine that's all i'll say but mm-hmm. she really has get me her colorist she looks incredible but i feel like the issue within just like that i mean the issue one of many issues is that they've completely lost <laughs> sight of like who is Carrie Bradshaw like they made her like a prude that's the weirdest one yeah well and what I don't understand is like it was always kind of a thing watching the old episodes that like like in a way I think it kind of makes sense because I think in the 90s it played a little better that like Carrie was not necessarily the most sexually Mm -hmm. outgoing woman in the world she was just Mm -hmm. like a woman who was interested in talking about sexual politics yeah and like that was okay you know it was like because yeah there were like like Samantha is really sexual but she doesn't want to write a column about it so it's good that Carrie's there to fill that void but now (laughs) it's weird because it's like okay everyone else is in this moment of like kind of sexual awakening in middle age. Mm-hmm. You know, Miranda has a whole new sexuality. <laughs> new sexuality just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte's like, you know, trying to figure out how to fuck a man with no cum. And Carrie, <laughs> meanwhile, is like, like she's still in the 90s. Yeah. And I wish that someone would like, point Mm -hmm. that out in a meaningful way and that Mm -hmm. we would have an episode where Carrie is like why am I so squeamish about sex maybe she sees a sex therapist I don't know like it just is it's a little weird that like the only way like it keeps coming up like there's always a scene in an episode where Carrie's like that's too much information for me but like we haven't seen it like addressed except in the fact that she didn't want to do a bad podcast ad yeah, that was a really weird plot line. It wasn't clear to me at first if she was uncomfortable with saying the word vagina or if she didn't want to do it because it was like a cheesy ad. Because I was like, of course Carrie would say vagina. She's a sex columnist. Or like the fact that she was alluding to her own vagina. Like, was that the problem? I don't know. But also the fact yeah. that you like refuse a vagina ad and everyone is laid off. <laughs> yeah, that to me was like, okay, some, there was something shitty in the financials otherwise. Like, we can't blame this all on her. In the original, which was she always squeamish about sex? Kind of. Well, yeah, because remember that, like, do you remember the episode, I just watched it, where it's famous, where uh, Samantha's like, I'm dating a guy with the funkiest tasting spunk. Yeah, And then Carrie immediately is like, can I cancel my rice pudding, please? Um, like, I that idea that you can't eat something <laughs> gelatinous because 
cum was mentioned. Like, come on, grow up. Yeah. No, it's funny. I was watching season one because I was like, wait, was she a prude? And she totally was. Like, I was watching the um, rabbit episode, of course. Mm. And she is, like, disturbed by the concept of a vibrator. And she's also, like, anti-threesomes because there's, like, the original threesome episode where Mm -hmm. um, it's, like, Samantha with the married guy and then his wife finds out and then Charlotte is, like, hooking up with this creepy guy that wants to have a threesome but just so that he can, like, sleep with someone else. And then... Carrie is stalking Big's ex-wife, which is her version of having a threesome. (laughs) (laughs) I totally forgot that she goes to his wife's office with a children's book concept called Little Kathy and the Magic (laughs) Cigarettes. Little Kathy. (laughs) And the wife is like, I love it. Let's make it. (laughs) And then she's like, the execs didn't go for little Kathy. (laughs) But I'm going to fight for it. (laughs) Every, like, I, because I'm in my rewatch, I'm on like, uh, like mid season three. And like, she, every episode so far in which Carrie has been put outside of her comfort zone, she ends up deciding like, I can't do this. You know, like mm. it's like the, with the bisexual mm-hmm. guy, which honestly mm. it's like, I don't know, just the idea of being that like, to me rewatching that episode, I will say, I felt like the issue she was having was that he was young. Like it felt like it was more of a youth thing and like a generation gap than it was mm. like, he's had sex with men, but like, or like, um, I don't know when she like, uh, when, with the politician, you know, and oh, yeah. I get that it yeah. ended up coming down to the fact that he didn't want to date a sex columnist, but like, I was shocked that she was so shocked that there were people that liked to be peed on. Yeah. I guess it was also in the 90s, as you were saying, like, golden shower wasn't a household phrase yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it is, like, interesting how the new episodes will revisit the same topics as the old ones, but then every other character has, like, a different reaction because they're like 30 to 40 years older now or (laughs) 100 years older (laughs) but carrie is still the exact same like the threesome episode of and just like that where like miranda has a non-consensual threesome (laughs) with che and and che's ex Oh it's my like God, Carrie's yeah. still probably anti threesome. Okay, now. but <laughs> what I'll say about that is if Spike, I came over to your house and you were with your partner <laughs> and their ex husband, and it was like clear you were all trying to fuck, I would probably be like, Yeah, I'm just your best friend. Like, maybe let's talk about this ahead of time. But it's like kind of the idea is like maybe, maybe <laughs> we're all just gonna have sex. And it's like, that's so. Imagine being in your 50s or whatever age they are and and your best friend is like putting... That's something that your best friend would do to you (laughs) sophomore year of college. And that did happen to me and all of us. I was going to say, I'm not going to say that did or did not happen. (laughs) (laughs) 
my lips are sealed but no it was really weird like that that was a really bizarre thing to do to carrie i will say that i mean i felt like it was it didn't feel to me like miranda knew the threesome was coming i will say Honestly, it felt like no one knew the threesome was coming. Except Jay. And then it just was happening. <laughs> Except Jay. <laughs> Jay had a master like, plan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, ugh, I found that all so off-putting because I was like, what are you narratively trying to tell me here? Like both that Miranda doesn't really know Che fully mm-hmm. because they didn't, she didn't know that they had an ex-husband Which who is, they're still married what? to. How has like, that never come up? How is that? No, I mean, I think like also like this gets into to me a larger problem of the show, which is like clearly the show wants us to root for Che. I think that they like are trying to be like, look, like one of the main characters is an identity that we never would have shown on the original. Mm-hmm. And like, isn't that worth something? But then like they're making them seem like such a prick. Like yeah, I just worst. hate Che so much at this point. Like when they... Okay, so much. When they came out and joined Miranda on the couch <laughs> after the threesome flopped, and Miranda was like, "Oh, like you're you're coming out here, like oh, that's, that's you don't so have to nice. do that. Go have fun." And it's like, no, fuck no. Yeah, like if in in what world? Also, in what world would you, would they not just be like, "Hey, man, like it's not going to happen. Like you go sleep on the couch. We're going to sleep in here." Yeah. Like, how does this end with him getting the bed <laughs> and Chase seeming like a hero for coming out to sleep? on the couch with Miranda it really feels like someone I would have dated at 19 like the way that they act and you're like I'm taking breadcrumbs as as loaves of bread like I'm gonna accept this treatment because I don't know anything else but it's like Miranda's a grown woman like yeah maybe she hasn't been in a queer relationship before but she's also been married for 20 years like you'd think she'd know what a relationship is but I'm like is this I don't know is this accurate that she'd just be like what okay (laughs) like about everything. It feels like with Che, they're taking like the second puberty idea Mm -hmm. of like the trans experience really far. That like because (laughs) this person is like not the gender, like not the gender they were assigned at birth, like they thus like don't abide by any rules or any (laughs) principles. They just want to smoke weed and and play video games and fuck and do comedy. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, if this was like, if the story was Miranda is dating like a 25 year old improv comic, I would buy this a little more, but it feels like through the way, through the amount of time they've just given Che on this show, they want us to respect them. They want us to see them as like, a new queer icon but it's like this is the, one of the big yeah this is a fucker <laughs> don't try and like tell me this yeah. is like a cool nice person no and like the threesome thing it was so coercive and creepy yeah. like were they aware that they were like portraying Che As in like kind of a predatory yeah. way or were they like this is what people are like yeah <laughs> yeah so it weird. was you're right it's very like college like someone saying to you like this is what we do yeah. here like what are you not are you approved yeah. are you not comfortable with this yeah it's mm-hmm. like not really <laughs> <laughs> your ex-husband Oh, he sleeps like a rock. It's like, and then he wakes up and starts making (laughs) out with them. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) I also, like, I really was looking forward to, speaking of, like, the old show, 
I was really looking forward to two of my favorite episodes ever are the two episodes in season three where they go to LA Mm -hmm. and it's a very direct like New York versus LA cultural commentary. And I was so excited to get an update of that when Mm -hmm. I heard they were shooting in LA. But then I feel like Shay's commentary. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, we got no nods back to the original series, like, which was funny because like back then the whole thing was like Miranda's worried she's too uptight for LA and LA makes her want to loosen up. And mm-hmm. it could have been such a fun call back there. But instead, like, what even happens? Like they had sex, they bought a strap on, Tony Danza does not want to play Mexican. Miranda, Miranda was essentially on house arrest, it felt like. <laughs> yeah, except when she went to that beach cleanup. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> An AA meeting. <laughs> the atrium AA meeting is iconic. <laughs> I kind of forgot that Miranda was an alcoholic because that just felt a little bit like thrown in there. I don't know. It's just it seems a little weird yeah. to like do it for like a one episode plot in season one and then not like show any of like and then the lifestyle of being in recovery (laughs) you go to one a meeting yeah they keep doing that with plot lines and and just like that like also well i feel like it's so funny obviously big dies and then carrie moves on immediately Mm -hmm. and then in season in this season she's like grieving it because i'm sure that the writers heard the feedback of like why wouldn't carrie be sad that her partner died and so they're like oh okay we'll have carrie grieve for one episode and then never mention well, it, it again like trying to like walk this weird line of like she's i feel like because yeah because i feel like last season it was like her grieving process is a little strange but then also it's like she's not dating at all really which is like mm-hmm. kind of a bummer given that you know i think what i loved among many things about the original series was just yeah like watching carrie's emotional arc through these relationships and so then Mm -hmm. season two it's like okay we can't drop the grief thing but we also do need her to be uh going out with people i don't know like it just feels like every time someone in this show needs to have sex with someone new they're like uh, just like pick two adjectives out of a hat and then that'll be the person, you know, like uh, rich and also has erectile dysfunction right. or <laughs> tech bro and also bad boundaries with his coworkers. Like it just, it's like a weird, I don't know. These people don't feel fully realized. No. It's like we're watching characters we know interact with avatars yeah yeah like fake tropes yeah because i feel like the whole thing with original sex in the city is it's like relatable tropes and dating situations that everyone's in and then it's just like oh yeah classic that tech guy everyone dates who's married to his (laughs) (laughs) ceo i will say that scene made me giggle i liked when he was on the phone me too and he's like talking to carrie and she's like crawls out that felt very she's like sliding out of bed (laughs) but i will say i feel like the issue is a they're like way too receptive to criticism which i'm like you guys kind of need to like stand on Mm -hmm. your own two feet they like found out that everyone (laughs) hated che and then so then they made an episode about how like focus groups hate che and i was like wait so (laughs) 
what's the message here that we're supposed to hate Che? Because we do, but like you created a character that's so or that like Che knows we hate I them know. and it hurts. <laughs> Literally, they're like Che knows. Che knows. Be that sensitive. That they're the worst. When you're being mean, this is who you're being mean to. <laughs> yeah, so weird. Also, it was like the focus group is like, how could they afford that apartment? And then like the next scene is Che's like, and I can't afford this apartment. And I was like, is this Black Mirror? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminded me of the, the Jonah's Awful, where it's like, we're like directly relating yeah. to like a TV show about Che, but we're watching a TV show with Che in it. So it's like already, we're so many levels separated, but it's like, what's the message here? <laughs> I'm dying to know. I'm kind of surprised that Che wouldn't see that coming just from like, like from what we saw of the sitcom. First of all, it's weird that in 2023, they're making a multicam sitcom yeah. based on the life of a <laughs> non-binary comedian. It just feels like, wouldn't this With be like a With a live streaming, studio audience. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> When's the last time you've watched a new show with a live studio? Track. Like only SNL, but that's like literally, it's in the name. Right, like it's not a game show. <laughs> it's not a variety yeah. show or a talk show it's if I were Che I'd be like I think this might not be very good and then also it's like they (laughs) were there they were acting it out and like watching it get made so then I don't know I was also kind of surprised I was like is this normal to let the actors sit in on the focus group that feels kind of dangerous I feel like that's not normal (laughs) someone's feelings (laughs) might get hurt yeah and then inevitably it was like, no, it was a gender non-conforming person from Brooklyn. The call is forming from in coming from inside the house. <laughs> and then I was like, and then I read an article that was like, because a lot of the like criticism is coming from the queer community. And I'm like, but did you have to write that directly into the show? Like, I don't understand. I feel like what they could have done is just like not made Che the worst person ever if they don't want us to hate them. Yeah, like... <laughs> It's weird that, yeah, their answer to like, okay, people have some pushback on Che is like, <laughs> let's make more Che season scenes this season. Like, in a weird way, it feels like the show, like, sometimes I'm like, I'm getting more Che than I'm getting, like, Charlotte, you know? And I, like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I don't really care about Che, honestly. Like, I, I just, at this point, I'm like, okay, I feel like it's obvious that this relationship isn't going to work. And I'm kind of surprised they're carrying it on this long because I wish that we could yeah. just move into like whatever the next stage of Miranda's queer divorcee life is going to be. Imagine how good if she was just queer dating as like a 50 something like that. Yeah. That would be an amazing plot line, but it would like cause it would force them to like think about what that would look like, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It like it would be so fun to see Miranda like go to a sex party or something oh, or like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, have to get on. Oh my god, I will say I've been to New York twice this year um for like wedding related events uh for my friend Abby. Shout out Abby. And both times I was so shocked by how many ads there are for the dating app Lex, yeah. which is something oh, yeah. that like I remember when it like first came out, everyone I know got on Mm -hmm. and then like maybe like one person out of the 10 people that I knew who tried it, like actually found success and like still uses it, Mm -hmm. but everyone else left. And there are so many Lex ads around Brooklyn. It almost made me want to like download it and see what it was all about there. Cause I was like, maybe it's like much more popping here, but get Miranda on Lex. Like some product placement. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh, I just wish like they've hinted at like, 
Miranda coming out and stuff, but it's like, if you came out after being married to a man for that long, it would be like something you would talk about all the time. And she like never talks about it. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I would love some dialogue. I'd, I'd love Charlotte to fuck up and say something wrong. And then Miranda be like, that hurt my feelings. Yeah, like, because like, mm-hmm. you're gay now. Yeah, my friends are so hetero, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like, and they've just completely ignored that. Yeah, and just, Miranda's like, I want queer friends. Yeah. <laughs> no, Miranda only gets one Che and Che's ex-husband. <laughs> Sorry, current <laughs> husband. <laughs> I feel like that's especially interesting because like, Miranda seemed so gay for most of Mm -hmm. the first show, you know, like there were so many moments, especially watching back, like remember like the episode where she literally gets like set up with a woman and then like kind of entertains it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or like her whole look, like I remember watching the show as a kid and even with my very loosely constructed idea of what a lesbian was, I remember being like, isn't that what they are? And like all of her resistance Mm -hmm. to like merging her life with Steve in hindsight, Mm -hmm. I think it's like very helpful to think that that was purposeful. Yeah. because it wasn't fully what she wanted yeah it, you know compet in action <laughs> and like it's weird that like there's been no comment of that like that right. no one's been like you know it had crossed my mind before that Miranda yeah. might be gay I think it was in maybe the most recent episode they like mm-hmm. joked about it at dinner being like oh yeah they were talking about blowjobs I think mm-hmm. and Miranda was like oh yeah I never liked that and they were like we should have known you were gay ha 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 <laughs> but other than that yeah you should have but my question is like wouldn't like is she gay is she pan is she bi, bi or and pan. then that would have come up in the threesome like I'm not interested in having sex with a man like they're just ignoring all of this conversation that would like mm-hmm. naturally come up you'd be like yeah i'm not into guys and then che would be like oh so you don't want to be forced to like hook up with my husband it's <laughs> really confusing also che and their ex-husband still hook up like that was never like discussed <laughs> he's disappeared it seems has miranda always been like so anxiously attached or is that just a new thing i I mean, I don't think so, but I'm like, maybe that's just because like, like maybe like, who knows, maybe this is a new dimension coming out because she's mm-hmm. finally like having sex with someone who she's like genuinely attracted Into. to. But yeah. like, it does feel like a weird shift, you know, that like, like, I feel like in the original show, she would sort of like try to adjust for the sake of other people that she was dating and then be like, I can't do this. I am a lawyer, you know? And yeah. so it's a little like weird that now she's like bending over backwards to make again, this like adult teenager happy. <laughs> also the thing about her being like a corporate lawyer, her whole life, why was she shopping for a used twin bed i'm like they're all rich like (laughs) you it feels like yeah you can certainly afford the like cheapest twin bed ikea has (laughs) you can definitely go to ikea with bed bugs in it (laughs) that was so i think that part of the problem with the show right now is that they're trying to they've like expand like the first show was so tightly paced Mm -hmm. you know it was like Mm -hmm. You know, there's four characters. We're going to do four storylines. One's going to take up a little bit more real estate than the others. Some of them are just going to be almost runners, but it's going to, you're going to end the episode with resolution on everything that was started. And now it's like they're trying to split 45 minutes, like slightly more time, but a weird amount of time between 
like seven characters basically between like <laughs> Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, Seema, Naya, Lisa, Lisa Todd Wexley, Che, Che's husband, sometimes Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> And it's chaos. And their children, not to mention. Oh them. God, I hate them all. Oh my God, <laughs> we all talk suck. about what happened to Naya this season. What happened? I felt like the way they ended last season, I didn't realize that we were going to be coming in hot on she's getting a divorce. <laughs> no, it was like yeah, kind of like they had disagreements. I think he probably dropped out of the show for obvious reasons because he has not shown up. I don't think. Mm. Oh, he had that one scene where he. <laughs> Only was, those two FaceTimes. Where he had her on speakerphone and she was like screaming hysterically. <laughs> They've really given her a hysteric, in the room. <laughs> hysteric woman trope, which I don't love. Which, and also doesn't help the fact that like, I feel like it wasn't until last week's episode that we saw her even around anyone else. <laughs> I like I was like, why wouldn't she be hanging out with the other women? She's like, just I don't only care. Calling I won't like them. question the authenticity of that. Yeah. She's just only calling them screaming, yeah, crying. Phone calls to Miranda <laughs> ex-husband but it's like supposed to be Miranda's old professor and she's just gone fully off the rails and that's all we know (laughs) it's interesting to me uh watching them try to do justice to I mean so many groups that clearly they worry that they ignored and neglected in the or that they did ignore and neglected the first season but like um but the two at first, I was like, okay, we have two black female lead characters. That's cool. But then one of them, it's like her, it's like the most basic version of like, a, oh, like I'm single again. Mm-hmm. Like, what's a dating app? Where do, where mm-hmm. do you go to meet men? And then the other one is a like... hotel bar. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa Todd Wexley's plot lines are just the most, like, it feels like these are like, if the show was still taking place in the 90s, yeah. it's like, you know, I've heard it's still very hard for black men to hail cats. Yeah. Sometimes your mother-in-law can be judgmental. It's so like, I don't know. It feels very like, like, I think part of the problem is that because they've written them to be so like such successful people, like they're like, they're Mm -hmm. nice, they're rich, they're gainfully employed, they're great hosts, they have a perfect family that it's like, well, what problems would these people have that aren't too dark? And Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, in-laws, work-life balance. And it's so boring. It's like sitcom trips from the 90s. So I'm like, are there any people on the writing staff that are under... 60 not to be ageist but to be a little ageist i'm like the same thing with (laughs) chase like live studio audience tv show i'm like i don't even remember since i was a child watching a show like that so why are we acting like that would be che pasa would be that show (laughs) it would be a fucking hbo it would be a sorry max tv show about like a queer comedian at the very least, like a Hulu show, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like Not a an kind ABC. of like a shrill type, <laughs> totally. you know, I do. I have a friend who worked on this season. I won't shout her out by name. <laughs> don't want to dox her, but um, very fair. <laughs> We're like, who wrote this? Who wrote this? <laughs> what was interesting about her perspective was that like, I went to visit her on set one day and it was a Bruh. lot of like young, cool, interesting looking people. Mm-hmm. I know. I saw Karen. Um, in front of the brownstone <laughs> what was funny was they had put this like to me like a very obviously fake tree outside of it and I was like that looks horrible <laughs> but then when I watched the show I'm like 
wow, I would never guess that tree is fake. Yeah. Like, now that looks like a the tree. <laughs> it's like that classic Hollywood problem of like, you know, the people who are making the creative decisions are not necessarily like, it's like no. there are, I think you can feel really good about how something is happening if there are young people around or like mm. diverse people around. But mm. then like, even if those people are working in service of this, like it's not just by proximity going to make it cool, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Like they don't actually get well, to make like decisions. Who's making the final call. Yeah, they did. One thing they told me that was interesting was like, because they shoot outside in New York so much, like you really can't, you can't block traffic. Mm. I feel like in LA, like mm-hmm. many times my life has been inconvenienced by some production mm-hmm. of something and I've just gotten mm-hmm. used to it. But like in New York, you can't really, you can't stop traffic. You can't close yeah. a whole city street mm-hmm. to shoot something. So like they just sort of knew from the jump, like the Aiden thing was going to leak, which mm. is why they had this like sort of constant trickle of like here's our photos from set right. back they're kissing you know because they mm-hmm. and in fact a lot of the things that they have posted online are we're never going to see in the show just because oh. like they shot it specifically for promo you know like i don't know that carrie and aiden won't kiss but i know the kiss that we saw is not going to be what's on the show really i have a yeah. question for both of you it's what is your prediction of what Aiden and Samantha's role will be in the show. Good question. We know Samantha spent four hours, three to four hours in a studio. So I'm assuming her scene is um, no more than two minutes long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do either of you want to explain the Samantha drama? Like why she hates Carrie or doesn't want to be on the show. I mean, honestly, I don't fully understand, as, which thus makes me think it's kind of like a vibe thing, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. it kind of feels like these are just two people who didn't really get along. But something I've been thinking a lot about lately. So, and just like that is the first Sex in the City content we've gotten, like unlike either of the movies or the show that is just Michael Patrick King, mm-hmm. not Darren Starr, mm-hmm. who were like the two mm-hmm. kind of co, I think, creative forces behind Mm -hmm. the first show and the movies. And since then, you know, Darren Starr has done Younger and Emily in Paris and maybe something else. I didn't watch Emily in Paris, but I did watch Younger. And I thought it was fun. It was very cute. (laughs) Yeah. What it seems to me... Oh, so Darren Starr has a new show out that stars Kim Cattrall. So my theory is that there are these kind of two camps of like the Michael Patrick King loyalists and the Darren Starr loyalists. And Kim Cattrall is like the only member of the original set that went with Darren Starr. And so it kind of feels like it's like... I don't know. They must have offered Samantha a lot of money because Mm -hmm. I'm sure that like, as we've noticed, they like clearly are very cued into what we're all saying about this and a little too reactive to it. So they saw that we miss Samantha and they're like, fine. We'll do we anything for a million dollars. Good for her for holding yeah, out. Cut that check. But I feel like it's going to be like some like dumb postscript scene. Yeah. Well, she basically in an interview was like, I got a call that, and they, from the execs of HBO and they said, what do we need to do? And then she's like, and I was in the, <laughs> I was in the studio from 1 to 4 p.m. I had a martini and I called it a day. And I'm like, you're so iconic. <laughs> I want to know what her list of demands was. Well, one of them was that Patricia Field, I b- believe is her name, who was the original costume yes. designer. Stop. 
style her. She demanded that she was back on set, which I think is also confusing that she wasn't Mm. in the reboot when it's like, obviously the style is such a big part of the show. And it also feels like a lot of the styles in and just like that are like someone trying hard to redo the insanity of the fashion in the original show. And they're just kind of missing the mark. I kind of feel like it's like a little too... I mean, it's very like streamified, you know, like I feel like Mm -hmm. there's this like in the streaming age, it's like everyone dresses in this like really maximalist way where it's Mm -hmm. like you're always wearing like five things at once. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like the the dress and the dress might be over something else and then the jacket and then a scarf and a hat. You know, it's just so much so much clothing and accessories Mm -hmm. that it's like who's taking the time to put all this on every day you know like (laughs) even rich people i'd like to believe someday you just wear like a black turtleneck i don't know you know it's it's like not every day is a statement look day Mm -hmm. spike oh do you have any theories on aiden and or samantha's comebacks i'll do mine for aiden (laughs) i think that Carrie is going to find him on a dating app and be like, I'm trying out a dating app. I need to do something new. I And then it's like, and by new, I guess I'm an old. And then she I'm goes old. back. <laughs> she, she sees Aiden. She's like, he's divorced. What? And then they meet up, but it's like a play on, you know, and they're like, funny. We, in the olden days, we'd run into each other at the subway. Now we run into each other on Tinder. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Carrie's not on Tinder. Tinder feels dead now, right? She's on the league. Or Raya. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, so Aiden, just to get this clear, last time we saw Aiden, he got married to another furniture designer right yes furniture for furniture yeah yeah f for f (laughs) um (laughs) yeah they had kids and so i'm like what happened to them maybe oh my god maybe they're both widowers and Mm. he reads her book and he's like i connected with this so much because Mm. my wife passed away Mm. and maybe they end up together they run into each other at the cemetery (laughs) (laughs) he's like i'm listening to your audiobook (laughs) (laughs) as we speak chapter four is so powerful big and his wife are buried next to each other (laughs) i guess i'm i feel i feel like because they've already done the like bitsy like reconnecting with someone from the past who's also lost someone i do feel like it's going to be divorce because i also think that's going to kind of level the playing field Mm. between them a little because back in the day carrie was like the messy one who Mm. couldn't do a relationship and aiden Mm. was just like this perfect guy who she was jerking along Mm -hmm. and then maybe he will now be like i understand a little bit better what you were going through that like you just can't do something if you're not really Mm. feeling it fully um and then she'll be like well i'm actually in a very different place because i was super happily married until he dropped dead (laughs) on his peloton (laughs) maybe maybe it'll be like they get back together but this time aiden is the one that doesn't want to commit to her and she's like what he's like yeah i've been in years of therapy for what you did to me and i've worked through it but i must bid you adieu (laughs) carrie okay so what's samantha's storyline gonna be I feel like she's going to show up on like 
FaceTime. Like she's not even going to like be in the same room. Like they'll be like, oh my God, Samantha's calling for my birthday. Like on Zoom. (laughs) She's on Zoom. (laughs) She's doing a Zoom happy hour because they're also in the year like 2021. I feel like this show is obsessed with Zoom. They're also two years behind. (laughs) Yeah. So they're like, oh, Samantha yeah. still likes doing Zoom happy hours. <laughs> they like make a lot of weird nods to COVID that are like really outdated. And you're like, that's not like really. And just like that, I got COVID. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> In a way, it is kind of like suitable that this show is called And Just Like That, because most things on it do happen just like that. Like completely randomly without any so context. out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then you never hear about it ever again. <laughs> ever again. Someone gave me like a crazy prediction. I'm Oh, I want to hear it. Oh, what is it? It's not related to Aiden and Samantha, but a friend of mine predicted my friend Abby, shout out Abby, um, predicted <laughs> that Steve and Naya are going to hook up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Steve is hot. Yeah, well, because she was like, they showed us Steve is hot. He'll want revenge. Yeah, they both need someone in their lives. Also, one thing I'll say about how we were talking about them responding to criticism is like a lot of the criticism was like, they made Steve like this old decrepit man. So the first shot they have is like, he's like ripped and like punching a bag. Like everything that's happening. Yeah. in season two is such a it's such a direct uh response to like tweets and it's like why are you guys combing through people's tweets yeah like just stick with the storyline you already set up that was weird in season one but now it's like steve isn't blind and deaf and a loser he's ripped and hot and it's like wait i'm s-. like it just feels like <laughs> they're not there's I'm no through, there's no through line in the first season he was like an 80 year old decrepit man which made no sense either. But now it's like, <laughs> he's like a hot daddy. It's so confusing. Boxer. <laughs> he's a professional boxer. I want him to find love again, too. I feel like, you know, yeah. he was a very loyal husband, husband to Miranda. And I do, I feel like in real life, Steve would bounce back pretty quickly. Like he'd be sad, yeah. but I also think within like six months, someone would set him up with like a nice lady that he ended up marrying. And I think the spark was gone long ago. Miranda, I just want my ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) It's Sunday night, Miranda. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, why is Che like... Like, Che is, like, the main character, and we never see anything about Steve. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I feel like Miranda and Che are going to break up, and Che's still going to be a main character. Yeah, Che's going to hijack the show. It's good for proof that Che Diaz is, like, a psyop to get people to not like trans people. Uh, It does feel that way. Yeah, God. I feel like they're going to continue with the meta... um, The train, and they're gonna make a real spin-off called Che Pasta. Oh, and it's a studio audience. And I would watch it. <laughs> I would fucking kill Next to watch season che is and just like that, Che Pasta. <laughs> it's a spin-off. <laughs> it's just Che Pasta and Tony Danza. My little cannoli. I was like, it's literally <laughs> like the jokes are like, I don't know, like chat GPT jokes. Like because he's Italian, he's gonna call them my little cannoli. Like it's just so it's so like bottom of the barrel (laughs) like I'm like that's the best you could do yeah I have a question for you guys 
Um, what do you think that the show has gotten right or like mm. what feels true to you mm. if anything <laughs> I wrote down in my notes urgent care representation Loved as someone that. who goes to urgent <laughs> care a lot um, no, I, was, <laughs> I just if I'm feeling weird for like three days in a row I have a really great urgent care um, and the doctor is like mm. liberal with prescriptions I've been I've seen him for like oh. everything for, like ingrown hairs strep throat muscle pain he's my guy you have a plug what's his name or are you gatekeeping (laughs) this urgent care (laughs) i think his name is michael akandi and the urgent care is hollywood urgent care on melrose in los angeles i would really recommend very low wait times yeah so i was happy to see that but uh god what are they doing right (laughs) i'm at a loss I used to love uh, Carrie's one-liners, mm-hmm. you know, and I think mm-hmm. that they are doing her a little bit more justice this season with them. Um, I thought also that like the Enid character coming back just to mm-hmm. shake Carrie down for money for her online magazine was Amazing. really funny. And to me, yeah. correct tone wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, something revolutionary happened season to episode three that we all have to recognize, which was someone took over the show and wrote a good episode that was true to form. And <laughs> I will say they've yes. kind of gone back to whatever they were. Gift. I don't know what happened. I think some someone in their 20s took over the show. They were given a trial run and they fucking nailed it. Because I think even episode four, I was like, it's fine, but it's, it doesn't, it pales in comparison to episode three. Um, that Gloria Steinem moment was fucking incredible. Like Gloria Steinem coming out of the bathroom, (laughs) Charlotte trying to talk to her and getting cut off. Like so good. Um, honestly, I, maybe this is a hot take. I think they got Seema right. I feel like she's a great Samantha, like substitute. She's glamorous. She's unrealistic, but also like has a lot of funny lines. She's like good advice. She feels like someone they would actually be friends with. Like, I don't, I don't know why Mm -hmm. these girls who like, I don't know why they'd be friends with like a law professor at like maybe Miranda would, but not someone she like microaggress to hell and back. (laughs) Like, I feel like Seema, I'm like, yeah. She makes sense. Uh-huh. I think, honestly, the episode that was, like, kind of Republican Fox News vibe that was, like, what has the city come to? Oh, my God. I didn't like, but I could imagine those women being like that. Yes. Yeah. And Seema really fit in with that with her, her Birkin. lost Birkin. Yeah. I feel like a good... A good thief would know a Birkin or someone else would just pick up the Birkin because they'd be like, that's a $20,000 bag. Also, RIP Jane Birkin, who just died. Yes. (laughs) RIP. And literally the same day that I Googled her to be like, all right, who's Jane Birkin? (laughs) It's like, well, she died right now. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like Seema does feel like a real person, a real real estate person broker or whatever in new york and that they would be friends with her like i don't believe naya would be friends with (laughs) any of them (laughs) yeah i would i don't believe i believe naya has friends you know yeah yeah that are like way cooler doesn't she have her own network to be relying on yeah also probably like a little younger than these women right like she's like 
I feel like she's in like her early 40s, maybe. (laughs) And she's like a radical, young, hot professor. Like, I think LTW, they kind of got right in that I can imagine Charlotte being friends with another rich lady at school. Yeah. And also being like kind of obsessed with her. Yeah. uh, Being black, but also like overly deferential to that fact. Yeah. 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 I also just think LTW is so hot. I made her my HBO Max icon. Oh, like when it. you, it's like, who's watching? <laughs> mine is LTW. I'm going to make mine Shea Pasa. <laughs> um, celeb crush. <laughs> I didn't like how LTW's husband was like, don't dance weird. You're embarrassing. Oh my <laughs> I was like, fuck you. Right, because like, you're running for comptroller. What that was. What do you do? <laughs> I don't you know. Dance. I, yeah. Once again, as I said, someone wrote episode three and it was on point and then someone took over episode four and like completely it all went to shit again. I will say shouts out to Cynthia Nixon's direction. I thought it was a beautifully, five was beautifully directed. I, well, I was confused because I felt like directing aside, Miranda came off so frantic and like hysteric (laughs) in that episode and I was like, oh my god, poor Cynthia and then the credits started rolling and it was like directed by Cynthia and I was like, wait, she wanted that to happen? I guess I feel like she did the best with what she had. (laughs) Yeah. Another thing that goes back to the whole identity thing is that Miranda is queer, like Cynthia Nixon is queer, so why doesn't she have like Mm -hmm. why... I, I guess maybe she doesn't have the authority there, but it's like, I feel like she that, could... I forgot that, yeah. She could give some good insight into, like, being a queer middle-aged woman that has not shown up at all. Like, they've yeah. just made her, like, a hysterical, weird old lady who's, like obsessed with this like really unfunny stand-up comedian like so sincere in her obsession you know it's like i really do think miranda thinks che's comedy is like cutting edge (laughs) which is spooky because miranda was funny like she was like one of the funniest ones in the first season or the first she wouldn't be a fan of (laughs) che yeah i think she'd think they were a hack like cringe the way that she interacts with che is so like disturbing like when she was like, everyone hates me. And Miranda's like, fuck them all. Fuck them all. You're amazing. You're hilarious. You're, I'm your cheerleader. I love you. And it's like, who interacts with their partner like that? And I, at this point, I'm assuming they've been together like a year. Like, that's how you interact. Like, that's like maybe how you interact with <laughs> like someone you don't know. <laughs> God, it. it- it has been, I think, in the in the timeline of the show, like a, a year or more. And that's really weird to me that Che would like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, why does Che this like, again, like clearly like a gay playboy <laughs> want to be tied down with this? I don't know. They just they also seem like it's like every other episode's like one episode. They're sweet to Miranda. Next episode, they're yeah. annoyed with Miranda. Next episode, they're sweet. Next mm-hmm. episode, they're annoyed. And it's like I they've been doing this for a year. Like <laughs> they really don't seem like the type. It's confusing because it's like the show is trying to convince us that Che likes Miranda yeah like the episode when they were in LA and Che was like pissed off at Miranda the entire time and then at the end they were like the reason I've been so pissy is because like someone fat shamed me not because I'm annoyed at you and it's like no Miranda was being so annoyed (laughs) and you were were annoyed at her you don't like her you're so incompatible but they're trying to make it seem like they do like her it's and I don't buy it (laughs) it's so weird 
Also, just that Che like hates that Miranda has a child. Miranda's like, I'm worried Brady's suicidal. And Che's like, he's a kid. He'll get over it. It's a breakup. It's like, God, you're a monster. Kids are always suicidal. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, it doesn't take a commit suicide. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't take like a genius to be like, oh, yeah, you should go visit your kid who's obviously in crisis. Like, that's like just being a normal person. Yeah. One thing that I like from and just like that, that they've just been continuing in an accurate way is Carrie always getting into like public embarrassments, like getting hit hit by a bike old ladies getting mad at her yeah <laughs> the slapstick of it yeah. all the dunking on carrie by strangers <laughs> the bike thing really bugged me because he's coming up on a crosswalk which like you normally would stop if you were biking through like manhattan and he's like bike lane bike lane bike lane bike lane and she doesn't notice and then he runs in and <laughs> breaks his arm and it's like in all that time couldn't he have just <laughs> Slow down to a stop. I would be (laughs) braked because he saw her. He saw her and she didn't. So it's like, and there were all these people crossing the street. So it's like, wouldn't he just slow down to a stop and then like go when there's not people crossing? It was just so weird. There's so many things in the show like that that are just off. And it's like, just make him not address her first. Like he's like checking his phone and then he runs into her. Like, what? why the warning (laughs) he also got so furious with her he was being a dick and she was still like i want to go to urgent care with you but in real life if someone was like fuck you lady you wouldn't actually go to urgent care sorry okay jeez and yeah Yeah, and just run off before she could get sued or anything yeah but it was so clear they were gonna fuck though (laughs) I was under the impression she was going to pay for his treatment and then I know. That, that was why she was taking him. But then she just let him go through all his credit cards. <laughs> I know. I was like, lady, you're a millionaire. <laughs> I did. That felt true to oh form in that like Carrie misreading a situation. Like she thought he was like broke and then he's really yeah. rich. I was like, okay, this mm-hmm. feels like a trope, a storyline that I can get behind. Mm-hmm. I'll just say I liked when she said, um, and he's working on an app at his age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's funny. <laughs> also the deck, the physical deck. I was so confused about oh, that. Wait, what was the yeah. deck? And they were like, we didn't cause his business partner called him being like, You didn't send the deck. Oh. Oh, and he said over Messenger. And I was like, wait, they sent it over Facebook Messenger? But then they (laughs) met, like, they met a a real physical person Messenger? What? This email would have done. Why isn't a physical object? (laughs) (laughs) It's literally a tiny deck. (laughs) They have one deck, and it has to be couriered across. It's a photo collage. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, maybe Carrie is right. At that age, they should be making an app. (laughs) 
Yeah. No. Oh my god. Do either of you have any final thoughts, predictions, or things that you want to see in the coming episodes? I want to see Carrie buy a gun. Just kidding. <laughs> if it moves the plot, the Republican along, agenda, <laughs> the boomers. <laughs> would love it i do feel like they there is like a missed opportunity to do something with like one of them going on a date with one of these older rich men they meet at hotel bars and then realizing mm -hmm. he's like neocon yeah that would yeah especially in their age group and i'm not saying i want this to happen but what if carrie is kind of like you know what he has some good points about taxes like because she's so rich now she's kind of like also repub (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that would be that would make sense yeah I feel like I like the plot lines about like dating while old. <laughs> and I feel like they should do they should do more with that. Yeah. And they should also talk about all of the work they've gotten done. Like I'm like, this is a show mm. about aging. We yeah. have to talk more about cosmetic surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Let us Because they've all had work done. One of them gets like a botched facelift. Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte gets her fillers dissolved. Not to body shame, but I do think that would be a good move for her. It would. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah, I think just like a lot of people that age are dating because a lot of people that age are divorced or their partner dies. So it's not like unheard of that they're like dating and fucking. So why are they so like nervous to attack that when that's supposed to be the plot of the show? Mm-hmm. Like, let's just get more dating storylines. Yeah. Like every episode, Carrie should be on a date. Just, yeah, more of that. Preferably, I want to see many of them on dates. Yeah. With, like, famous or semi-famous men. Here's something. I think that they could bring... So Herbert is running for comptroller, which is the same thing that back in the day John Slattery was running for as the guy who wanted Carrie to pee on him. Of course. So I think he could come back as, like, the opponent. Maybe he's held the office for a really long time. (laughs) For 40 years. And then Carrie has to decide whether or not she wants to out him as liking piss play. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then he gets outed and everyone votes for him because it's 2023 and everyone's like, we all love piss play now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kinky king. <laughs> yeah, they call him the kinky king in the Daily Mail. <laughs> the kink troller. <laughs> the kink troller wins office yet again. <laughs> incumbent and then herbert is like oh my god i wish i I need to be kinkier ltw (laughs) so i can herbert wishes he was crazier he says ltw we need to get freakier so i can (laughs) (laughs) lots of Uh, (laughs) i think and just like that our episode is over. Obviously, there's always a million things to say. But Spike, what is the goopiest thing you did this week? Um, the goopiest thing I did, well, this weekend I was visiting my dad in Michigan. Shout out the mitten. If you know, you know. I like And we were at a brew pub. <laughs> yeah, a brew pub, the only type of restaurant they have in Michigan, pretty much. But my dad got this beer called, first of all, it was called Kitty Cat, which was disturbing <laughs> me because he kept <laughs> saying it and offering people <laughs> to try it. And I was like, Dad, you don't know what you're saying when you're telling people to try the Kitty Cat. <laughs> 
And so I was already disturbed. And then he spilled the beer all over the table and me and himself. The kitty cat. And so I had beer all over me. And a bucket of beer. Yeah, the kitty cat was all over me. And then my dad was like, no, it's fine. I'm wearing my waterproof pants. Of course, he wears waterproof cargo pants every day. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have given him so much shit for wearing these pants because he was the only non-goopy one in the end. So that was my goopiest moment. So what you're saying is we all need to wear waterproof clothes all the time. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Quick dry. Lest you be caught goopy. (laughs) What about you, Caitlin? Can you come back to me? Elkis, can you do yours first? Circle back. (laughs) The goopiest thing is that I was cleaning my apartment and I felt so put together. I was literally sweeping and I was like, wow, I should really go through the fruit ball. Trigger warning. Um... And I go through <laughs> no. the football. I start moving things. It starts smelling so bad. I have a garlic at the bottom of the fruit bowl that is so rotten. It is infested with maggots. And oh. it was <laughs> one of the worst things I've ever smelled. I was gagging. Um, I did throw it away and take out the trash. But um I can't believe I didn't smell that, you know, maggot-infested garlic weeks earlier. <laughs> I don't know how I let it get that bad. That's um, but all right, what's your goopy moment? So I live in an old apartment. It's like 100 years old, probably wow. over that by now. Spooky. And Yeah, yeah. <laughs> never. I mean, I think I'm not very sensitive to paranormal activity, but I've never experienced anything here. Mm-hmm. But... In my bathroom, there's like a very old, small toilet. It's like very like, it feels a little New York, honestly, like how low to the ground mm, and how little chic. it is. Um, and I don't really mind. Yeah, it's chic. It, and it gives the bathroom kind of a nice vintage feel, but mm-hmm. it clogs super easily. Like if oh, no. you like oh. put more than like, you know, maybe like two modest size bundles of toilet paper in it, it's going to clog. Bundles. <laughs> like, you know, like, like maybe like six sheets in, in a bundle. Um, okay. And I, I, uh, I clog the toilet frequently, not because I'm like taking massive shits or anything, but just because I can be, I'm very like, I can be a little OCD about cleanliness and wiping. And so mm-hmm. I, but I'm too stubborn Till I don't like I have a plunger, but I don't like to use it because it grosses me out so much. So typically I've found that if you just keep flushing the toilet, it will go down. The clog will Life get sucked hack. up. <laughs> keep flushing. Just flushing. keep flushing. But, you have to, but here's the thing. You have to wait for the tank to go down each time between flushes mm-hmm. and then start over again. That makes sense. Which usually I like, I do like a pro, but unfortunately I... I miscalculated and I had literally just cleaned my bathroom. It was like nice and clean and then fucking toilet water runs out. It gets on my new bath mat. It gets on my new shower curtain. I have to like clean. Like it's so annoying because it's like having to like, and it's like, whatever, I guess it's clean water, but it's psychologically. I'm like, it was in the toilet. Like it's now it's everywhere. So I like, it wasn't poo-poo water. No, but still, I had to, like, 
sop it all up using like an entire roll of paper towels mm. and then you have to sterilize everything and it just yeah it feels yeah. it makes you feel like such a loser like <laughs> cleaning up after a toilet <laughs> it's so embarrassing oh my god <laughs> you're not a loser and no one knew about it until now <laughs> the but secret is out listeners i outed myself All right. Well, thank you for sharing that vulnerable moment. And to wrap up, I'm going to ask you, do you have anything to plug? Oh, God. (laughs) Famously slow time for me right now. Uh, What with the strikes? But um, my play LBJ that I do with some dear friends of mine is coming back uh, to the Elysian in LA in October. We're trying to take it to New York too. So keep your eyes and ears peeled. And you know what? Just follow me on Instagram. I kind of want to get to 2000 before the year's out. So (laughs) you said that on the last episode. I remember that. (laughs) Hashtag, let's bring back our hashtag, get Caitlin to 2000. (laughs) I think I'm at like, 1100 right now oh oh, man okay we got we got work (laughs) we can do it we're halfway through the year (laughs) let's be the generation that gets caitlin to 2000 instagram followers let's do it rally (laughs) we need her she's the voice of our generation don't make caitlin buy followers get her to 2k by get caitlin to 2k by 2k24 that's the new hashtag. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Caitlin. It's such an honor to have an expert. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And just like that, thanks for listening to, to Locally Fried. Fried. <laughs> Unparalleled.